The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Our hosts will help you make the most out of the mobile web. Learn the latest in the world of mobile, web development, search, email marketing, text message marketing, and more. Leverage your mobile presence today. Now, now, prepare, prepare to get mobilized. Hi, everybody. This is Cindy Crum and Kim Dushinsky. You're listening to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. We have a fantastically interesting guest today with us. His name is Andy Lustigman, and uh, we're going to be talking to him about um, laws surrounding mobile marketing and how you can get in trouble and how you can avoid getting in trouble um, because he is the go-to guy for that kind of stuff. So we're excited to have him here here with us today. Um, do we have anything that we have to go through before we get into that, Kim? Is there any cool mobile marketing news or anything that you've seen that, that you want to bring up, or do we want to go straight to the interview? Well, I think we can go straight to the interview. I think there's a ton of meat in this whole, you know, conversation. I'm real, I've got a few questions, you know, that I'm ready to, ready to roll with, so let I think, dive in. All right. So, everybody, welcome Andy Lustigman. Uh, say hello, Andy. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Kim. How you doing? Good. Good to have you with us today. So before we get into the deep, hard questions, let's do some easy questions, Andy. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your firm and, and how you got into all of this stuff? Sure. Uh, I'm an attorney in New York, and I'm the principal of a boutique law firm called the Lustigman Firm. And our practice is based exclusively on advertising and marketing practices. About half of our firm's practice involves counseling clients on how to do things in a legally compliant fashion, whether that be reviewing terms and conditions to make sure that the advertising is truthful and not deceptive, or reviewing substantiation when it comes to a health-type claim or a performance claim, and the, and the like. On the flip side of it, we handle a significant amount of regulatory defense work and, ch- and competitor challenges. And that involves challenges that advertising fails to comply with the law or is, or is uh, arguably false and deceptive or fails to comply with one of the technical requirements out there. Uh, we have been practicing for 20 years in this area. Our primary, I would say, specialty is in the direct marketing channel. And as mobile has grown, so has our practice in this area. And are you seeing, uh, have you seen any kind of hockey sticks or anything like that? Like all of a sudden you're getting all this interest in mobile marketing or has it been kind of steady growth? It has been, I think it's been more of a steady growth. Okay. Steady growth that, that people are looking at as, as sort of the, ne- the next channel. Uh, given the control by the carriers, it's, it's been a, I think, an uphill climb in terms of having a program that can be monetized and given the pitfalls out there. Uh, there's been a, I think, a slower, a slower development, particularly in the area of using premium SMS for contests and promotions. A number of years ago, that w- that was a really hot, hot area, 
and then when a, a number of class actions were brought in that area, that gave a lot of people pause about getting involved in that area. Okay, fantastic. So you and I spoke about a week ago, and we were talking about one specific case that you thought um, it had, it really just hit um, and was really important. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. The case, the case that I'm referring to is called Satterfield versus Simon & Schuster. And the case was brought based on a, a class action of consumers who claim that, they, that Simon & Schuster violated the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, which prohibits someone from transmitting a SMS message to a wireless device without getting their express consent. And the case is very interesting because the, uh, the plaintiff, uh, Lacey Satterfield, had consented through an entity called Nextones to receive SMS messages from Nextone affiliates and brands in exchange for getting free content, in that case was ringtones. And, and from all accounts, it, it appears pretty clear that she authorized that uh, to receive the, the, the content, she authorized re that she would be getting uh, SMS promotions. What Nextone did was, Nextone was hired by Simon & Schuster to send out messages for a book by Stephen King called Cell. And the text message that was sent out was something to the effect of, the next call you, may, you take may be your last. And then it was about buying the book, The Cell. Um, the message was otherwise incompliant. It had a stop uh, provision in it and the like. And it indicated that it was powered by Nextone. Now, Satterfield claimed that uh, the, the message was unauthorized despite her giving the, the authority there. The trial court, which is the district court in the Northern District of, of California, that's uh, near San Francisco area, came back and dismissed Satterfield's case for, for a couple of reasons. First, it, it said that the device used to train her, her number, the SMS message, was delivered not using an auto-dialer, and the reason why that's important is to trigger liability under the TCPA, the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, the, the message must be sent using an auto-dialer. And they said that an auto-dialer has the uh, capacity to transmit numbers in a random fashion. Here, Satterfield's number was not randomly generated, but was programmed in based on her consent. And so they claimed that there was not an auto-dialer. And then second of all, the district court found that she had indeed given her consent to receive the message. Well, Satterfield appealed to the Ninth Circuit, that's the appellate court for, uh, for, from the trial court, and just a few weeks ago the Ninth Circuit issued its decision. And the decision is really very, very interesting and presents a number of hurdles uh, for marketers who are relying on third-party opt-in lists. The first thing that the court found was the fact that her number was not randomly generated was not the deciding factor on whether or not this was an auto-dialer. The court said that there should be a determination as to whether or not the device that transmitted the message 
actually had the capacity, use the term capacity, mm. to randomly generate. Now, most computers, I think every computer practically, would have a random number generation capability. So it would seem to be a foregone conclusion as to whether or not it has the capacity to transmit numbers in a random fashion. But that being said, the, the Ninth Circuit sent it back to the district court for a determination as to whether or not the machine had the capability of transmitting messages in a random fashion. Then what's, I think, the most important aspect of the decision was the was a finding that she did not give express consent. And here the court said it looked at the definition of what she had given consent to. And the consent said, next tone affiliates and brands. And the court said that based on a dictionary definition of what is an affiliate, meaning a corporate relationship, a formal corporate relationship, or a brand, meaning a trademark, Simon & Schuster, while it had a contractual agreement with Nextone, was not a corporate affiliate of Nextone, based on a formal analysis of the terms. Because Nextone didn't control or own Simon & Schuster, it couldn't be an affiliate. And found, therefore, that even though the message said, powered by Nextone, and even though she had given consent to receive messages from Nextone, that this message was unauthorized. And Simon & Schuster has an exposure I've read of somewhere up to $90 million based on this campaign. Uh, so it's, it really is quite shocking, I think, because you have someone who has given consent to receive messages, and consent to receive messages what, from, from all practical purposes appears to be from other parties, not just Nextone's. Uh, you have the term affiliate, I think, in the, in the online world has a much broader definition than necessarily what you might find in Webster's. Um, and uh, it really may have a significant chilling effect on third-party opt-in lists. And that's, and that's this decision, decision excuse me, came out uh, June 19th. Wow. So, Andy, this is Kim. So when... So basically, I mean, this woman got one text message and then started this lawsuit. Uh, she opted in. I'm sure that the companies thought they were doing everything correctly. How do how do mobile marketers make sure they're not going to fall into the same you know, quick effect, if you will? Yeah, no, it's it's, a, it's an excellent question. The 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 first the, the safest position you're going to be in is if you don't rely on third party lists, but you rely. Okay on your own first-party first, first party generation, where you get an opt-in from, from the consumer for your list directly. Barring that, you're going to need to look very, very carefully at what was the authorization given. And you're not going to be able to just rely on someone's representation, a vendor's representation to you that says, oh, this is, they've, they've agreed to third-party opt-in. Somebody mm -hmm. needs to really examine examine what exactly the consent was. And this is not going to be easy to do because uh, the, the lists are, are generated in a number of fashions. Terms may change over time. Uh, but those are the steps that a, a marketer is going to need to take because the plaintiff's attorneys are certainly out there looking for uh, loopholes like this. So the the bottom line then is if you use your own list, it's your you're getting people to opt in directly to you using your own list. That is something that that makes it safe. Well, you're not you, I, you're controlling what's 
what your content is going to be. You're controlling what the person agreed to. I think that makes mm-hmm. it okay. that makes it the safe the safest the safest route. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Whereas whereas if you're relying on someone's advice or someone's representation that they uh, have gotten third party consent, you don't know exactly what consent they've gotten. You don't know how literal of a consent they've gotten for third party offers. And some can say, well, we'll get an indemnification here. Keep in mind that an indemnification is only as good as the company that's giving giving it to you. And if you're exposed to a $90 million hit, the fact that a marketer may be indemnifying you isn't really going to help because very few companies are going to be able to afford that. Right. Great. Okay. Fantastic. All right, I'm going to take us quickly to commercial, and then we'll be back. And I'd, I'd like to talk more about um, legal requirements for mobile marketing in terms of opt-in, opt-out, stuff like that, and then maybe get into some of the, the hoopla that's uh, circling around about the, the Mobile uh, Spam Act or the Mobile Can Spam Act uh, and hear what your thoughts are on that. So we'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Mobile Presence. This is Cindy Crum and Kim Dashinsky Desch- on webmasterradio.fm. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Your company's website sucks. You know it. Everybody knows it. So get a to-do list to fix it. On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash ontarget. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages affiliate today with localpages.com. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on webmasterradio.fm. Here are your hosts. Hi, everybody. This is Cindy Crum. You're listening to Mobile Presence on webmasterradio.fm. We're here with Kim Dashinsky from Mobile Marketing Profits and uh, Andy Lustigman. 
talking about legality concerning mobile marketing campaigns. So, Andy, you were just telling us about this uh, this case that just happened a couple weeks ago, uh, whereby we're learning things about the legality of third-party lists uh, being transferred and, and uh, consent for getting mobile marketing messages to your phone. And so I think that kind of brings us uh, to an interesting question that I know uh, Kim and I are both interested in, and that is uh, this idea of the, the Mobile Can Spam Act, or the Mobile Spam Act. Um, and and as I understand it, nothing has been passed yet, and so in the mobile world, they're relying uh, in some cases on the do not call list, but people are talking about adding text messaging uh, to the do not call list. Can you tell us a little bit about that, and uh, what you think is going to happen and um, how that's going to impact your practice and all of us as marketers? Well, I'm not sure how much it's really if it's really going to change anything because you have, look, you have an existing can spam act that does bar uh, spam me- sending spam messages to to a mobile you mobile domain. So if you have a BlackBerry-type domain, there's already a law that exists in terms of precluding, uh, precluding messages to, to the devices. You have to get, again, just like in the concept of the TCPA, you have to get consent. You need to, to get the same consent if you're going to be sending to a wireless domain. So I'm not sure exactly what this law is really going to change um, is my is my sense of it. Well, the one fact of the that things they, that they're going to include mobile cell numbers on the national do not call registry I, again, I don't see it really changing anything. Um, the the uh, you're 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 not supposed to be calling essentially uh, wireless numbers anyway under under do not call and. And under the TCPA, you're not supposed to be sending messages to devices without express consent. So, uh, frank, frankly, I think it's it's a political uh, measure, and I'm not sure substantively it's really going to make a difference. I thought the difference was um, in the in the fact that the Can Spam Act applies to. Uh, emails going to to Correct. mobile phones, whereas yes. the M Spam Act would be around text messages using a short code going there. So it seems to Correct. me there could be a big distinction. Well, why I don't think there is a distinction, I agree with that. Why I don't think there is a distinction is because, frankly, you have the law we just talked about, and that's the TCPA, the Telephone mm-hmm. Consumer Protection Act, which bars SMS messages. Oh, okay. Without consent, that's why I just that's why I, I just don't see how it's going to make a, a substantive difference. Okay. Okay. So then, Andy, what's your take on the situa- the legal situation right now? Do you feel like there are enough protections out there for consumers? Do you feel like businesses are being hindered by the amount? I mean, where do, where do you think it's falling? Are we right in that sweet spot where everything's okay? No, I, I don't think it's it's. I think businesses are in an unfair position right now, because businesses should be allowed to be able to market to someone where they've given consent, and there needs to be better clarification as to what laws are governing them. The fact that you've now have an, a court, an, an appellate court, deciding what constitutes an auto dialer, to me, it's it's 
shows that there's a real gap between the technology and the law, that, that the courts are uncertain and certainly businesses are uncertain as to what, what laws are governing the technology they're using. And in terms of getting consent, again, there's, there's a gap as, as to what businesses who are trying to do the right thing are, uh, are, are being, uh, being hindered with. And I think there, there needs to be a greater opening of the, the mobile world to businesses as people migrate to smartphones. A few years ago, virtually no one used their cell mm -hmm. phone for the, uh, their phone for, for the Internet, and, and everyone's headed there. Uh, the, the BlackBerry is replacing the laptop. Um, and so there needs to be a way for businesses to, to fairly communicate with consumers in a manner that, that obtains consumer con consent without being put in a position where if somehow there's a technical deficiency, they're, they're in a gotcha position and, and are exposed to, to tens of millions of dollars in potential fines. Sure. Is there any, is, I was just going to say, is there anything that you know, we as businesses can do to um, you know, rally around that concept of you know, yeah, I, making I, I it more there should be, I, Look, I, the, the, the Satterfield case makes it clear that, look, here, here you should have, there should be a position that says, look, if you're not going to be, if, if you're, if you're going to be dialing somebody based on the fact that you've gotten consent and you're not generating that randomly, I, I don't see why there shouldn't be a clarification from the government that says, look, the purpose of this law, the purpose of the TCPA is really is to get from people who are just dialing around and just randomly generating phone numbers to deliver messages. Whereas if you're, if, you're making, if you're providing messages based on the fact that you have this particular number based on some type of, of relationship, that should, that should trump. And there's, I think, a disconnect between what the law was enacted for and how it's being enforced by, by plaintiff's attorneys. And I think that's the, the, another aspect of it that's very unfair. And that is you have a law that the federal government really hasn't spent a lot of effort enforcing, but yet you have, and I think this is generally true in the mobile space as well, you really don't have too much action on the federal level, but really it's been, enforcement has been seeded over, if you will, to plaintiff's attorneys who file class actions, some state attorneys general, mm, and that's not right. the way this channel should be developing. The channel, the regulation of this channel should be by a fair approach balanced by uh, the need for interstate commerce and that should be done on the federal level and not and not being dictated by plaintiff's attorneys or or a couple of or a handful of states so so are you saying that mobile marketing law right now is being enforced kind of in a reactive way rather than a proactive way we're waiting for um, plaintiff's attorneys to come out and say, you know, this is a problem, and then it's being dealt with at an ad hoc level uh, in the state that they happen to be in. And so it's not really a, a concerted effort or, or a really organized um, enforcement. It's just kind of uh, haphazard. Is that... Yeah, I, I don't necessarily know if it's haphazard. It's certainly I like I, I I fully agree with what you said in terms of it's it's on a reactive basis and not on a proactive mm -hmm. basis. And that's and that's really the unfortunate aspect of it. Now the state attorneys general are going after businesses, not necessarily that are in that state, but that are doing business with residents of the state. So what I mean by that is the the, the most of the, the law out here 
is coming out of Florida as opposed to Washington. Most of the enforcement right. action here is, is coming at it from the Florida Attorney General's office, who is setting standards that are forcing the carriers to adopt standards that that the Florida Attorney General has decided. This is what's the this is the way you should be marketing, and that really doesn't take into account the interstate commerce aspect of it and the national commerce aspect of it and the importance of national commerce that really only the federal government can look at and federal government can understand and the federal government can have uh, way way the varying interest to try to come up with a a fair approach to regulation and that's why I think it's it's very unfortunate and it's really heading in the in a in the wrong direction and then plaintiffs attorneys certainly don't have a uh, desire necessarily to create a policy that enhances national commerce. Their, their, their goal is to get attorney's fees. Okay. Well, that brings up some interesting questions about um, how the laws affect people um, both nationally but also internationally. So I'm going to take us to commercial, and when we get back, let's talk about that and what mobile marketers have to face in terms of uh, their concerns and involvement with where their potential customers live. Uh, so, so we're going to be back, or we're going to go to commercial, and you're listening to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be right back. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Hey, affiliates, do you find it a challenge monetizing traffic from the UK, France, or India? You need offers that will appeal to all of your visitors, no matter where they come from. AdsMarket.com has met this challenge and has turned it into a science. AdsMarket.com gets results for publishers and advertisers with a winning formula. The combination of offers, worldwide traffic, and AdsMarket's up-close and personal media management is exactly the boost needed to monetize international audiences. AdsMarket.com. The science of performance. Here's your bill. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's all right. I'll take care of the tab, Jason. Well, thanks, Dave. How are you doing so well these days? It seems everyone's in a pinch for cash. RevenueWire.com, that's how. RevenueWire? Yeah, RevenueWire.com is an all-in-one platform offering affiliates high-demand software from top-notch PC utility merchants. With 75% commissions, twice-monthly payouts, incredibly accurate analytics tools, RevenueWire is making me more money today than I did in the last few years put together. Even in this economy? Especially in this economy. RevenueWire has a ton of great products to meet the demand. I'm telling you, this network is recession-proof. RevenueWire, the recession-proof network platform. For more information, visit RevenueWire.com today. That's RevenueWire.com. It's time to start jamming and spamming again with the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of surf, SEO rock stars, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are your hosts. Hi, everybody. This is Cindy Crum. You're listening to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. I'm here with my co-host. Kim Dushinsky. And uh, we're talking to Andy Lessigman about uh, mobile marketing law. And we just finished talking about um, how uh, mobile marketing laws are being driven a little bit by the state governments and um, a lot right now, actually, by uh, the Florida state government. Um, and that's not necessarily because the companies are based in Florida, but it, it just happens to be that people receiving some of these uh, text messages that are initiating these these lawsuits happen uh, to live in Florida. And that's kind of something that we deal with on the Internet uh, in general, but also in, in the mobile world where we're sending out messages that cross uh, – state lines, and in some cases, even uh, country lines or country borders. So how do we, as marketers, Andy, how do we deal with that? How do we plan um, and anticipate problems that we might have crossing state lines or even crossing um, into, in, into other countries? Look, it's, it's, it's a real challenge, and if, you're, and if you're going to be doing a campaign and it's, it's virtually, you can't say, oh, well, we'll just look at the, the area code because people port numbers, right? People move. Right. Uh, I, I moved to New Jersey, but I still have my New York cell phone number. It's, it's, it's a challenge. And the, 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 the way you can do it is you really got to look at being in compliance with not just federal law, but you got to look at all the potential state laws. The, that's, I think, is, the, is really the only way a marketer can do it and not just assume that okay, well, we'll we'll be we'll be uh, uh, we'll we'll be in compliance on, on one end. Now, now there is a, there is an exception to that, I think, and that is we're, we're talking about the delivery method as opposed to necessarily the marketing method. Uh, in in a game or contest promotion area, you could, for example, if there was a if there was a uh, law that was not being complied with, you could void a state, a particular state. For for entries, for example, so let's say you didn't want to allow uh, you, you you had a contest and and the way the contest was structured, it couldn't be legally authorized in in California. Then you could void California. But in order to do a campaign, and we counsel our clients all on this all the time, is you really have to look at it on on two levels: what's the federal law, and then what are the different state laws. And you've got to look at at the different state requirements. It's unfortunate because, again, I think it puts an unfair burden on businesses to comply with uh, a duplicative and sometimes inconsistent legal realm, but that's, uh, that's the world in which we live in. Yeah, that sounds really complicated. Is there some kind of legal resource that, that we can send people to that kind of summarizes all the state laws that might affect marketers, or do they have to go hire lawyers like you? Uh, you know, it's not meant to be the uh, Lawyers Employment Act, but there there are really no shortcuts. I mean, the, the the laws come in under a variety of areas, whether it's a marketing law issue, whether it's a, a sweepstakes or a contest-type law, whether it's a, a privacy policy aspect or a privacy disclosure aspect. It's really going to vary on the on the facts, and then it's it's unfortunately it's 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 hard legal research plus an understanding as to how the laws are being interpreted, and I don't think there's a shortcut to it. Yeah. So, so then, how does a mobile marketer know if if it's time to hire a lawyer? I mean, not everyone can afford to to have a lawyer 
uh, on retainer for every single project. And so I know a lot of mobile marketers are relying on the advice of uh, distribution systems like the SMS uh, platform that sends out the messages rather than having uh, someone look at their specific campaign. They're going to the SMS companies and saying, okay, you guys are you guys are all legal and doing this right, right? And, of course, they say, yeah, of course we are. You know, look, as I said earlier, the, the idea that you're, you're ultimately responsible for your own actions and you're ultimately responsible in the, when you're dealing with telephone issues you're, you're, if you're in the chain, you're, you're potentially liable, and that's and you've got to uh, if you're if you're going to get involved in this, I think you have to step up and really do your own due diligence and not just rely on someone else for the due diligence. As as, uh, as I said earlier, an identification is only as good as the company who stands behind it, and in the case of uh, uh, take the, take the Satterfield case we're talking about. I mean, they sued both Simon and Schuster and Nextone, so uh, that's going to be out there in the Federal Trade Commission context. From the Federal Trade Commission, who's the primary law enforcement body, federal law enforcement body for advertising issues, when they sue someone, they they will sue people who are involved in the chain. They will not just pick one company and they'll say, "Look, if you've got an indemnification, that's fine. Go pursue that on your own, but it has nothing to do with us." Um, so, uh, if you're going to get involved in, in marketing, particularly this channel, the way that this channel is being so carefully looked at by state regulators and plaintiffs' attorneys, you really need to do your own homework. Would you say that the uh, Mobile Marketing uh, Association uh, best practices guidelines is a good, you know, good place to start for? I think it's a good starting name? point, but I don't think it gets into enough detail. I mean that's that's frankly okay. the, the the difference. It's it's certainly a good starting point. There's no doubt about that, and people should read up on that. And frankly, they should read the Florida Attorney General's website and read the cases that that he has brought, and read the decision, read the settlements that have come out as recently as uh, last month, and read the read the settlements and see what requirements there are. Mm. Um, I think that that's another good place to start. But look, companies large and small are getting tri- tricked up here. Uh, Timberland Shoes had a major uh, class action that they settled, I think, for $7 million or something based on SMS without getting sufficient authorization. So it's not just small companies that are getting tripped up. I think, frankly, it's, it's probably the larger ones because they are seen as having deeper pockets that can pay that are getting really tripped up here. And it's the large carriers that are having the cases brought by Florida. AT&T Mobile, Verizon, those types of companies are getting cases brought by the Attorney General's office. And yet, I'm, there's, there's no doubt that they didn't have legal, that they have legal staffs and they, uh, they hadn't looked at this stuff. Well, and, and this is going to be the last question and we'll have to wrap up uh, for this show. But, so tell me, where do the carriers come into all of this like as a regulatory body? Because the carriers can help enforce laws. Um, do you, how much of this falls on them? Uh, that's, that's an excellent point because, I'm sorry for interrupting, but that's an excellent point because the, the most recent settlement out of Florida with Verizon says to Verizon that they basically have to require that anyone who does business with them follow the provisions of their consent order. So the, so the, the details that are in the, the, the Verizon Florida settlement really are setting a standard that all marketers are going to have to follow who are doing business with Verizon, and given Verizon's dominance in this space, 
they're going to have to deal with, they're going to have to uh, incorporate it. Well, and I think the carriers need to be more forthright with what their what uh, what the requirements are for people to market on their network, right? I mean, right now it seems like it's hard to get that information unless you're already in some kind of relationship with the carrier. Well, the the, the, the programs typically go through legal review, the equivalent of a standards review at the the larger carriers. So, uh, but it but I agree with you. It's 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 something that that people should be made more aware. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out from this most recent settlement with Florida and Verizon um, and, how, and how it is detailed for uh, marketers who, who end up doing business with Verizon. Okay. Well, that's... So we're going to wrap this show up. We're going to have Andy Lustigman back next week uh, talking more specifically about um, the requirements for individual campaigns and, and uh, things like marketing to children on cell phones and lots of interesting stuff. So uh, thanks for listening this week and, and come back next week um, so this is um, Mobile Presence you're listening to uh, Cindy Crum from Rank Mobile and Kim Dushinsky from Mobile Marketing Profits uh, we're on webmasterradio.fm and we'll be back next week with Andy Lustigman talking more about mobile marketing laws <laughs>